Good evening and welcome to Elosa Fumar Takes. This is our 210th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azle, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. Can't believe it's been almost 100 takes since we've had this guest on, and I'm so excited that, he's, that he has blessed us tonight and decided to come back. It's going to be a fantastic evening. You don't want to miss this, so thanks for tuning in live. If you're tuning in later on, we appreciate that as well. So let's get things kicked off, but before we get to formal introductions of our guests of honor this evening, let's thank the people that make this show possible, and that, of course, is our sponsors. And tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate has done it. They've given away a Bitcoin. They've given away a 2022 Jeep Wrangler Sport. And in the process, they have launched and announced the new Nikarustica Adobe, which was revealed on the 12th, just a couple of days ago on their freestyle live show. What a fantastic show it was. Fireworks. They had cocktails. They had music. They gave away a Jeep, as I already said. And they launched the brand new homage to Esteli Nicaragua with the uh, the Nicarustica, uh, the newest expression in the Nicarustica line, the Adobe. So really fantastic. They launched a freestyle live pack that you could get at your retailers. Now they're going to be releasing the actual boxes, which are just amazing. It comes in a Toro Robusto and Gordo size. You definitely want to check it out. And it comes with a Habano wrapper, Brazilian binder, and a Nicaraguan filler. So check out your Drew Diplomat retailers and look out for the Adobe. It'll be on shelves soon. So welcome, everybody. This is our 210th take, and it's my pleasure, my privilege to welcome back uh, this guest of honor this evening, sponsored by United Cigars. Smoke wins today. Start living United. Mr. Glenn Case of Christoph Cigars. Glenn, how are we doing tonight? Fair. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. This is awesome to be back. Oh, it's awesome to have you back. I can't, you know, I was, we were talking about my internal dialogue that I had with myself about inviting you back on the show. I was, I was worried it was too, too soon. And then I realized I was like, gosh, it's already been a hundred takes, like almost a hundred takes. Like, <laughs> it's insane. It's absolutely insane. I feel like I was yesterday when I talked to you. The last exactly. Time so thanks I mean, for having me back. It's truly an honor. I appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. The, the, the privilege is mine, Glenn. I, I'm, I was, we were kind of lamenting about this too. Like when we first had you on it, like, COVID had just started, you know, like COVID as we knew it just had just started. Like what a, what a trip that is. Like, like we were talking about like, Hey, we don't know how long it's going to be. This could be a couple of months, but I think at that point we had kind of, I think collectively we were kind of like, Oh, this is, this is going to be a bet. This is going to, this is going to take a while, but, um, but just unbelievable, unbelievable. That much, that amount of time is, has kind of lapsed and everything. So it's crazy. And by the way, your beard's looking amazing, my friend. Amazing. <laughs> I I, sh I shaved this morning, but it just it just doesn't <laughs> it doesn't it just doesn't stay down. You, you gotta you, you know it's you know first world problems, right? But um, no, but thank you very much. No, I uh, I'm really excited to uh, see you here in a couple. Of, you know, if, if you could believe. Speaking of time, right? See you here in a few weeks at the PCA trade show. I'm, uh, you will be attending, uh, correct? Of course, I'll be there. Of course, awesome. yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Smoking some great Christoph cigars, of course. Speaking of smoking great Christoph cigars, we got a new tradition here on Ellis from our takes, and I'm really excited to share this with you, uh, Glenn. Um, and I'm really excited about the potential cigars that I'm going to be smoking tonight. Uh, you know my affinity for the vengeance. I 
Well, my affinity is so strong for the vengeance. I didn't have any available to smoke this evening. So I got three Christoph cigars for you to choose from. And it would honor me if you picked my cigar for me uh, to light up with you tonight. So to start off, I, uh, depending on how long we wanted to go, it's, it's completely up to you. But I'm, I'm fully prepared to light one up if, you, if this is what you choose for me. I have the extremely pissed off Christoph. Yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. That's the big one right there. Um, I, again, I didn't have any vengeance available, but I did find in my humor tour today. I actually even posted a video on Instagram uh, of the um, of the unboxing of it, uh, box of the uh, Christoph San Andreas Robusto. Andreas, yep. And uh, and a cigar that I've been waiting for, long wait, looking for for a long time, looking forward to. And uh, I did have uh, the expression, the TAA, the box press that you did last year, but this is. I hold in my possession the first 685 Woodline uh, in the OG Perfecto that I'll, I'll ever smoke. So I, you can tell I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to dissuade you too much. These are three fantastic cigars. I know you agree with that, but um, Glenn, it would honor me if you picked my cigar for this evening. I, I, I'll make this easy for you, Bear. This is the 685 Woodline Cup Perfecto, which is you, you have in your possession. Smoke it. Light it up. Let's smoke it together, my friend. It's it's awesome. Fantastic. This was not planned, by the way, everybody out there. So, Glenn, I think Glenn was already, uh, you were about lighting up when I first told you what choices I you just, had tonight. So I just lit mine up. Perfect, perfect. So, um, I'm looking forward to this, Glenn. I'm super excited. So, um, so talk, let, let's talk. I think we, we you know, as, as, as embarrassed as I was last time, a little that I had never heard of this cigar. When I asked everyone what they were smoking, what Christoph cigars people were smoking, people were like 685 Woodlawn. What's your favorite Christoph? 685 Woodlawn. I'm like, what is this? And so you, you, you schooled me a little bit uh, last, uh, last time I had you on and what, you know, the significance, this was the address you grew up as a child. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, and now that I'm looking at the label, it totally makes sense. That beautiful red. And you can see those nails there on the corner. Like, so I got to ask, is it, is it, is this what your address plate will look like at the front of your house or, or is it? Uh, n no, so, it didn't get, it, you didn't get that. You didn't get that detailed. Okay, cool. Right. No but worries. this no. is true. The address I grew up at as a mm -hmm. child, the 685 Woodlawn. So um, when we came up with this blend, it was amazing. Right. So we had to sort of come up with an amazing name for it. And frankly, I think it's the best cigar we make. It's in it, guys, your viewers, if you haven't tried it, Give it a shot. It's it is awesome. Um, so the wrapper on this is Cubra. It's a Habano seed grown in Brazil. The binder is very rare. It's a Sumatra seed grown in Brazil as well. And the filler is Nicaraguan Dominican Habano. And it comes in one size. Um, cut perfecto, six and quarter by sixty. And it is just awesome. And we only make two thousand ten count boxes a year. So it's very hard to come by. And Bear, I think you've probably experienced that. So, <laughs> yes, sure did. <laughs> so um, it, it, it's ironic that I even have one because it is hard to come by and we've been backordered on it. And um, it, it's just, it's an amazing cigar. And we have our best master rollers making this. The burn on it, you can see is just, it's, it's perfect. I mean, it's absolutely perfect. Well, I'm, I'm, I was stoked to, I was stoked to acquire some and, and, uh, you know, I, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before the show and, 
you know, I'm typically not a fan of like the Figurato, uh, Bellicoso, Torpedo, Perfecto um, shapes typically. Um, but then lo and behold, 2018, 2019, um, my number one cigars of the year are are those shapes. Like the e- VP Crow Encore Vientis and then your mm-hmm. cigar, the Vengeance specifically in the Perfecto shape. Uh, and I, and I, I, I like, I like the Vengeance and all the other Vitolas, but I mean, the Perfecto is just, it's just gorgeous. It, it just, it smokes so great in that size. It's amazing. Right. The flavor changes as you go through it. And again, we have our best master rollers making this with, it's just one pair, the bunch on the roller that makes, the Vengeance Cut Perfecto and the Citus 85 Woodlawn Cut Perfecto. It's it's just a, a superior cigar. And with that shape, right, you get changes in the flavor and it's smooth and it's creamy and it's it, it, it's just an amazing shape. It's a pretty traditional, it's a very traditional Cuban shaped cigar to smoke, which is why I love it so much. Yeah. Um so when you started, uh, when you started smoking, well, actually when you uh, not started smoking, but when you started in this business after your first career and everything, we talked about that last time when you were smoking cigars with, with Terry and your father-in-law, did you naturally gravitate towards Vitolas like this or did that come a little bit later? It, it definitely came later. Right. So, um, you know, the, blending cigars and making cigars an art. It's there's no science behind it. So, as you start blending cigars with wrapper and binder and different fillers, um, again, there's no science behind it. It's truly an art. It's an artisan product. And as you grow in your your experience of blending cigars and smoking cigars, you you start gravitating towards certain sizes, vitolas, right? and certain tobaccos and so for me it's it's an ongoing evolution of coming off blends and sizes that that work for me and and i've been fortunate enough bear to have similar palettes to a lot of people out there right so i'm not about coming up with scars that are punch you in the chops you know strength you know over the top for me it's about the smoothness the flavor without the bite and the bitterness. And, you know, the, six, the 685 is certainly one of those. Um, all of our blends fall in that category. And going back to the Vitolas that you mentioned, um, you know, that Vengeance Cut Perfecto, same size, is over the top. It is over the top. It's, again, it's actually rolled by our master blender or master rollers in the factory. Um, so it's top notch quality, a razor sharp burn. You can see this on the 685. It's just, and the draw is perfect. And we draw test every single cigar we make. We didn't do that in the beginning. In the beginning, it was like a lot of manufacturers, they take a, a wheel after the cigars bunched, rolled. And then they pull out one or two out of the, the, the wheel, draw test it. And if it draw tests well, you assume it's, it's perfect. It does, that does not work. We found that out probably about 15 years ago. We've been around coming up on 17 and a half years ago. So the idea is now is we draw test every single scar. So once it's 
bunched and pressed, we draw test the cigar. And if it passes the draw test, draw test then we'll put the wrapper on. Oh, if it wow. doesn't pass the draw test, we don't even put the wrapper on. We actually use, we chop it up and we do one of two things with it. We sell it to a company in Virginia with uh, for chewing tobacco, or we actually deconstruct the cigar and put it the loose tobacco in our boxes. So in my opinion, again, our business mantra is quality, consistency, and availability. So we want every cigar to be perfect in terms of draw and flavor and consistency of that, whether it was made this year or 17 years ago. It's got to be the same. That, that was, so that's where, okay, so that's where the tobacco comes from. So in the boxes, and you said you also sell to a, a manufacturer that does chewing tobacco as well. I always wondered that I, you know, like what, what made the, cause obviously it's tobacco that's, and I know, you know, I know enough in about cigar manufacturing that you guys don't waste anything. So this, so the tobacco that's in your boxes, there's, there's obviously a reason why it's not in a cigar. So, um, so that, that, that makes sense. Now that it kind of completes the, completes the circle a little bit. How about that? You learn something new every day, but um, I didn't know about the chewing tobacco manufacturer. Like, is this like, are you partners with them or you're just, a, you just sell to them or we're just a, we're just a source of tobacco for them for chewing. Tobacco. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. How long have you guys been doing that? So, how long? Yeah. Oh, uh, 17 and a half years. <laughs> oh, since the beginning. Oh, wow. Okay. Since okay. This goes yeah. back. Yeah. It goes back. Okay. Well, gosh, that's cool. Like I said, you learn something new every day. That's what I really like about um, having these conversations every week is that I kind of go into it, you know, like with a general idea of what I want to talk about and everything. And then you, you find these little, these little nuggets and little gems along the way and stuff. It's, it's really, it's really great. But uh, um, speaking of, uh, we were, you, we had mentioned, uh, I had mentioned, you know, when you first started smoking, uh, not first started smoking, but first got in the business with your wife, with your wife, Terry and father-in-law. Uh, back when they had a brokerage and you had left your first career in finance, we covered that on the last time we had you on. Yeah. Um, but I was always curious, you know, like you spend so much time on the road and I know one of the traditions that you have at, in the Christoph family is that whenever you hire a new employee or whenever, you know, the folks come to visit you in Chicago and everything that, you know, you guys have a home cooked meal for them and, and Terry has uh, prepared that for and everything. So I was curious. And I asked this a couple of weeks ago, uh, to my guest as well. Like when you come home on a long road trip, like what's, what's, what's the feel good meal? What makes you feel welcome at home? What meal is that? Right. So let me respond to your first point, which is Christoph is a true family business. I mean, it's true family and I'm blessed to work with incredible people in our office and our sales reps throughout the country and our distributors and, and brokers throughout the world. Um, so it's a true family business, right? So any new employee that I'm fortunate enough to work with, they come to our house and traditionally Terry makes a dinner. We hang out at her house. We smoke cigars and it's, it's, it's sort of a, um, it's just a welcoming to our, our, our family. Right. And so that, that still can continues to this day. We just, in fact, hired a new um, in-house rep in mid-Alaska states 
Veronica, who was out here two days ago, we sat in the same very room, and Ward, who was our COO, we did orientation, had great cigars, great conversation. Then we went out to our local. Um, so unfortunately, we've had some family issues with Terry's folks, health issues. So unfortunately, she wasn't able to make dinner. So we went out to our local watering hole here. There's one of two restaurants in Hampshire, Illinois. Um, population 6,400 people. That's it. But sort of indoctrinated her into small town Hampshire. But this, that's been our philosophy for sort of just coming together, walking them into the family and just managing our business that way. Um, but typically, yeah, Terry makes, she's um, makes amazing Mexican feasts. Um, she's half Mexican. So um, amazing food. But uh, again, we're dealing with some stuff. So unfortunately this last trip with Veronica, that didn't happen, but still it's been, it's been great. So um, I'm also, I'm also, part Mexican as well. And so I have a lot of family recipes and everything that my grandmother passed down and my mother as well and stuff. So um, it just immediately got me thinking about all the stuff. I, I, I have to, I have to meet your wife now, not to talk about cigars, just to talk about Mexican food. So. Yeah, absolutely. My friend, you're welcome. Anytime in her house. Anytime. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind. That's very kind. Well, um, awesome. Well, that, that one takes us into our, our next thing, which is our major point of course of the night. So we've, we've, there's a, I, I, I was, I was having a lot of trouble kind of developing a theme for tonight's show, Glenn, but as, as it kind of were, you know, and, and have things kind of funnily line up and everything, there's, there were so many slew of topics that I wanted to cover with you tonight that it's like, well, you know what, we can just, it doesn't have to have a theme. So tonight's major point really doesn't have a theme, but we have some great things to talk about. And in particular, one amazing person to honor, actually two amazing people to honor. So, uh, Tonight's uh, tonight's pager point is always sponsored by the people. Yes, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun and the, is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release of the Lawman series, Bass Reeves, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P. Protocol Cigars, and a special happy birthday to Protocol Cigars co-founder, Mr. Juan Cancel today. I'm sure he's at a pool somewhere with a cocktail enjoying an awesome Protocol Cigar. So you deserve one. Happy birthday, my friend. So, uh, but tonight's major point, Glenn, is, is, is again, as I said, is kind of, kind of all over the place. So I wanted to start with an interesting question. So last week I had the privilege of having Tony Bellotto on the show, and he... Uh, was the successor to the throne that you held for a year. Um, you were the number one cigar of the year for Eloso Fumar takes with the vengeance uh, perfecto that we talked about earlier. And uh, then he uh, became the following year, the, the number one cigar of the year with his uh, La Barba Ricochet crew Mexis soul. And so it got me thinking about this and this is really going to sound like I'm fishing. So I got to preface the heck out of it because I'm really not. And, and, but in, we've all heard about the cigar aficionado hangover. You know, if once you're on the top 10 or the name number one, it's like, 
the, it's a huge honor, of course, but then there's the, the supply chain, de, you know, demand and all that other stuff. I'm under no delusions that all those Fumar takes moves the needle that much for anybody. But when someone honors your work, like say, for instance, I named you number one cigar of the year. You've been in cigar and cigars uh, in spirits, top 10 countless times. You've been in cigar aficionado, top five. I mean, when someone honors your work like that, like obviously it's a positive reaction, but what, what goes through your head, Glenn? I'm just, I'm just curious. Uh, for me, it's a very humbling experience. And when you read that cigar, number one, um, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's aficionado, as you mentioned, or any other magazine, Bear, it's truly an honor. And especially with someone like you, right? Um, you're focusing on boutiques. You're focusing on the, those that are up and coming. And so for me, it's, it's just a true, true honor to be acknowledged and recognized. So I want to say thank you for that. Um, so regardless of who it is, it's, it's always an honor and it's a blessing. It's a true blessing. So, so thank you for that. Oh, I mean, the, the honor belongs to you, Glenn. I mean, you, you, you and your amazing team put together amazing products and I mean, I couldn't stop smoking them. So, I mean, I mean, it, it, uh, it, uh, it made its place on the, on the list all, all its own. So all credit to you all, but, uh, but thank you for that. I, I appreciate the kind words. It, it just, it was one of those things that I was thinking about. I'm like, okay, so obviously it's a positive feeling when someone recognizes your work and everything, but it, you know, this is something that like you, we were talking about just at the top of the show, and this wasn't even planned. You're talking about how it's artisan and there's a lot of, there's a lot of trial and error. You don't just, you know, and, and plus the time that has to go into it, not just the time to make the blend. I mean, what people, I think the layman does not realize is that when you're testing a blend, it's not like you just roll it up and smoke it and like, okay, that tastes good. No, you wait, you know, three weeks or three months and then you test it again after time, after time, until you try to figure out, is this going to be the cigar that ends up on the shelf and ends up in people's hands and everything. So it, yeah, you, you, go ahead, you go ahead, know. please. Right. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, literally. So I was at the factory two and a half weeks ago. We blended, I can't even tell you how many blends we worked on. And you smoke them and you have no idea. And so the question I get frequently is when you're blending a cigar, um, you know, you're blending it on the spot. The tobacco's already been dried, cured, fermented, aged, all that's done. So when you start putting together wrapper, binder, and filler and smoking them, there's, um, there's a couple things. Number one, you don't know. I mean, it might, for me, it works. It's like, this is amazing, or we have to change this. Let's change the binder, wrapper. Let's mix up the filler. You, you just have no idea. Um, so typically for me, it takes three to four months of ongoing blending to come up something where I think it's, we're, we're pretty close, right? And then once we come up with the final blend, it's like, all right, let's go into production. Let's let it age and see what happens. And there's been blends. Uh, I'll give you an example. Corolla Limitada. 
which again was in the top 25 for Scarfish and Auto. I think it was 94 rated, number 11 scar, whatever it was. Um, but after it was aging for five months, I smoked it. Honestly, it was, it was a turd. I'm like, what happened? So tobacco has to take time to marry together once it's an aging room, right? And fortunately, after six to seven and a half months of aging, it was perfect. And so depending on the end, you, you, you just don't know. I mean, you have to let it age and the tobacco marries together. You, you just don't know until it's ready. And once it's ready, you know it's ready. And then it's like, all right, let's launch this. Let's throw it out there. What a shock for you too, right? Like, like oh you said, like it was... It was, it wasn't good. I mean, and then you go back a few months later and, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, this, this isn't the same cigar, right? It's like, it, that's, that's, that's so unbelievable. Um, I and mean, so, I do, yeah. I do a lot of age experimentation and like, I, I actually, I have vengeance. I'm just, I have them earmarked cause I'm that much of a nerd. I have them earmarked cause I'm, I'm testing out aging with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and because uh, I love the cigar so much, but um, it's I, I like seeing I like seeing what cigars do, even if they end up going and falling off a cliff. It's like, OK, well, now I know not to do that anymore. So <laughs> but it's it's just one of those fun pastimes and everything. Um, have you had any other experiences like that, like where maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't so dramatic in terms of like maybe it was like you thought the cigar was going to be mild and ended up being medium or you thought this was a really strong cigar but after time it really really settled down did you have any other experiences like that with any of your other blends that were kind of that extreme um probably the corojo limitado is the biggest extreme right so and when we blended that cigar we were eight months out before at the the time it was rtda it wasn't uh ipcpr it wasn't pca but a month before the show, when we launched that cigar, it was perfect, spot on. Like, all right, we're ready to go. But most cigars, I mean, when you blend them and you're smoking them within seven days of actually blending them, again, assuming the tobacco tobacco is all processed and cured and fermented and aged, everything good, it's directionally correct. But sometimes it does take time for the cigar to sort of marry together and you has to open up like a fine wine. So, you know, we're working on a number of blends right now. And I'll say this for your viewers, we're doing a PCA exclusive, which we're working on right now. And so the only way, so the only way to get the cigar is if you're a PCA member and you go to the show in July in Vegas, that's the only time you can buy it. If you don't go to PCA, there's no way you can get it. Okay. All right. So, so oh, I, I don't know if you've heard this, but their PCA is doing a big push on exclusives like we do mm-hmm. for TAA, TAA exclusives. So we're they're kind of following that same model. Um, so we're working on some really exciting blends using tobacco we've never used before. All and right. It's, Awesome. It is awesome. 
So stay tuned on what that looks like. But the only way to get it, if you go to PCA as a retailer, that's the only time you can buy it. Fantastic. Otherwise, if you don't go, there's no way you can get the, the scar. So we're working on that now. So uh, And Bear, I'll be the first to disclose to you what we're working on in the blend and the final blend. Um, but we're super excited about it. Terrific, terrific. So we'll all find out in due course. So you're, so I mean, you're, you guys are taking this experimenting. I mean, down to, I mean, you want this to be absolutely perfect. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, wonderful. Well, um, I'm, you know, th- we were talking a lot about blending and putting the things together and everything. And you, you've obviously had a, you've had a, a, a long career of patience. This was a question I wanted to ask you before we went into this serious subject. We talked about trying and retrying and all that other stuff. Were you, were you always a patient man by nature or would you consider yourself a patient man? Or is it something that you had to teach yourself by getting into this world of cigar manufacturing? If you ask my wife, I'm the most impatient person in the world. <laughs> so that's the truth. I'm telling She's you. She's probably laughing in the other room. Like, did he really just say that? Yeah, I'm super impatient, right? So I want results. I want everything now. But with this industry, it's all about time and aging and waiting and seeing what this comes out to, right? So um, I've learned that, that that's not a skill set, but it's learning that sense of patience and waiting for fine wine or a fine cigar to come to fruition and sort of develop itself. So that's, that's been hard for me. So when I was in corporate and finance, it was, look, I call someone, I got a problem. I'm calling someone I want it fixed now. Yeah. This is a different industry, right? So it's all about patience and waiting and processing and making sure it's perfect at the end. So that's been an adjustment. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, because it's, you know, the, the immediacy of like the, it's, and it's, it's funny, right? Because I'm sure that when you have a problem in cigar manufacturing, it's, it's no less urgent than an emergency in the finance world, which is where you came from. It's the actions taken to fix the problem, right? To look just completely different. Um, yeah, it would drive me nuts. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an immediate satisfaction kind of person myself too. Um, so that, that would drive me crazy. <laughs> drive no, me for crazy. sure. I mean, like, it, it, it's, it, it's absolutely nuts. But this product requires patience. And oh, just waiting and seeing how it develops and marries and you smoke it. Again, it could be three to eight, ten months later. And you're like, all right, finally, we bought it. It's ready. So it's a, it's a, a test of patience for sure. Oh, absolutely. So again, with, with all this testing and all this stuff that you've learned over the years and everything, I mean, it, it, it goes without saying that you've obviously had some amazing help along the way. And unfortunately, just a few short months ago, um, you lost, you know, other than your direct family, probably the most closest person to you in this industry, um, which was uh, Rolando Villamil, who uh, passed away back in February. So yeah. 
well, my sincerest condolences for your loss because I know you guys were not just partners, Glenn, but I mean, you you called him your brother, your truest of friends. Um, in your own words, Glenn, I mean, like what what did what did Rolando mean to you personally as well as professionally? Is it? Uh, it's a tough one. So Rolando, hmm, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little choked up. Um, he was uh, a mentor, um, a friend, uh, and I knew his entire family. We all hung out together. His, he's got two nieces that help run the factory. One is the CFO of the company, Rosa and Carmen, who runs uh, HR. But when I was always, when I always owned the Dominican for the last 17 years, <clears throat> spent time with his brother, um, the entire family, the kids, the grandkids. He was a dear friend. And um, it's hard. It's hard. So to fill that gap, not only as a, a friend, which could never be filled, but the factory and everything he, he did. I mean, he and I would sit in his office and blend cigars and laugh and joke. And then we go to, uh, after work, we go to the office, which was Pedro's in the Dominican. And that's where a lot of work got done as well. Um, those days are gone. So now it's, we're trying to backfill that. with those that were left in the factory. Um, so in his, after he passed, I went, my wife and I, Terry, went down there for his services that week. Um, I met with everyone in the factory and stressed the importance of Rolando's vision, of our vision, I should say, of quality, consistency, and availability. And so we're still instilling that in the factory. And I don't own the factory, but we are 90, 95% production on the factory. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's important for me. Uh, and I told them when I was down there, I'm like, you're going to get sick of see seeing me because I'm going to be down here more than you want me to. <laughs> but um, it, the, everyone in the factory is, is family. Mm -hmm. Um but Rolando's shoes, those are big shoes to be filled. Um, but we're, we're, we'll get it done. Nothing's changing. Um, the quality of Christoph doesn't change. But I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you, Bear. It was my pleasure. I know, I mean, it's my honor, rather, um, Glenn, because I think, you know, you know, so often, in anything, we see the we see the face of things. We see the face of companies, especially in this industry, right? There, you know, there's the the quote unquote cigar celebrities, and you know, for Christoph, the face of you know, there's there's so many people behind the scenes, and you've you and Jared have taken such great care to honor them, in, including Rolando, obviously. And but I mean, I if if I'm not mistaken, this is the story about Rolando particularly. This is how you guys became partners was. 
he originally came to you when you were a broker, right? He wanted, he wanted you to sell his cigars and, and you're like, well, actually we're, we're looking for a partner, right? Right. That's a right. Great point. So when he came the first time to Chicago, he flew here the dead of winter and we went to a, a town called Rosemont in Illinois. And he wanted us to broker cigars. And at that point, um, my wife and I had partnered up. She had broken cigars for years. I did it for six months with six months with her and um, said, look, we just lost our biggest manufacturer at the time. Numbers were up. And um, my wife was used, used to building new brands and losing them, building a new brand, losing it. As a broker, that's your life, right? So when he came into town, I told him, I said, my friend, I am not looking to build a new brand. I'm looking to buy or build a factory and build my own brand. So that's when he said, my friend, please come Dominican, take a tour of the factory. If you like what you see, we blend cigars, we make them for you. So that's what we did. And that was in 2004. Um, but Rolando has worked with, he's been in the industry. He was in the industry for 49 plus years. He's worked with Ernesto Corillo, Hanky Kellner. Um, the list goes on. I mean, he was the unsung hero of this industry and which is why he was, he is my mentor and learned a ton from him and he will always be missed. So, but that was the start of Christoph Cigars when I met him and he flew here and um, our friendship will forever be in my heart. I think, I think it's also really, it's, it's beautiful and, and that's beautiful, Glenn, but I think what's also really candidly is very awesome about his legacy is that and I think most of our audience will agree with this. Like, you know, you can, you can love Christoph cigars. You can not like Christoph cigars. That's a, that's a subjective opinion, but I think everyone can agree with this. What you and Rolando created from the blends to the style, to the aesthetic and everything. It's a, it's something that's incredibly unique. Um, you know, that work gets tossed around so much, but there, you know, if you take, well, I got the, I got the extremely pissed off that there, there's a unique <laughs> manufacturing cigar within the minute. But if you take anything, the Sumatra, the San Andreas, the box over there I have over here, yeah. like there, there are dozens of San Andreas wrapped cigars in this industry manufactured over a slew of, you know, countries and everything manufacturers and everything. Um, and of course, every blend is different. That's, that's without dispute, but the look, you know you've got a Christoph cigar in your hand. So if his legacy, I think, will be not just for the blends that he created for, for you and I are delicious and wonderful, but but also like what he created will be a an aesthetic pillar of this industry for years to come. And yeah. I think that's one of the more beautiful things. Absolutely. And that was a collaborative effort between the two of us. Um, and we've got our own box factory, so everything's done in-house. Um, but to your point, Barrett, I mean, you're right. What we created was Rolando and I together, 
And I miss those days and the hours we spent in the factory and in his office and blending cigars together and laughing and joking and when we go to Pedro's. <laughs> if you ever been to VR, if you haven't been to Pedro's, you got to go to Pedro's. Um, that was the true office. So a lot of work got done at Pedro's. But yeah, it's a true legacy with Rolando. Um, again, he's the unsung hero of the industry. Um, so when I was there for Rolando's services, we went to Pedro's and uh, Carlito Fuente was there. We walked in. And the first thing he we walked, I, I walked in, he got up, he says, Glenn, I am so sorry about Rolando. Um, but the fact that Carlito acknowledged that, um, and I, I love Carlito and Cynthia, but the fact that I walked in to Pedro's and he was the only one in there and he stood up and said, I am so sorry about Rolando. It means the world to me. So it just shows you how small the industry is um, and how intimate it is. So, yeah. It, it, it really is. And, and, and the thing that, you know, we kind of go back to, which is the, 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 the impact that, that a certain person makes, like, cause like you said, Christoph is about 95% of the, of the Charles Fairmore factory. Mm-hmm. And Christoph's a, you know, it's not a small brand, but it's not a massive brand either. Um, it is an international brand and everything, but so that's, that's kind of where I wanted to go with this point was that, you know, it all started with the conversation that you two had in Chicago when you weren't even a manufacturer and now his create his co-creations with you are worldwide and you know, not to, not to mention his other, you know, his other work that he did with, you know, the other 5% of, you know, of the, of the manufacturing. So sure, sure. Um, that, that never ceases to amaze me is the, the, doesn't matter how small is it, the impact that it makes because it, it truly is kind of a, a trickle uh, a trickle effect yeah. because of how how intimate this industry really is um on, on a lighter note uh did you guys ever did y'all ever manufacture like did y'all ever i'm sure this had to have happened at some point when you guys were doing blend testing of hundreds of cigars at this point or hundreds of blends at this point but did it ever did you guys ever stumble upon anything that you were like this is really good but it just it just never it just wouldn't fit in the Christoph portfolio did that ever happen or yeah so <laughs> Barry, that's a good question so um, I won't name manufacturers but there's a manufacturer out there is all about strength and power and punching the chops and it does so we worked on blends like under-processing tobacco in the filler just to give it that strength and that pop. But I would smoke it. I'm like, Rolando, this is not my pellet. I can't smoke this. It might do well in the market, but he's like, no, my friend, coño, this is not for me. <laughs> it's not smokable. <laughs> so there are, yeah, there are times we blended cigars where uh, to compete uh, against certain manufacturers to 
kind of trade yeah. that. Okay. Car- carve a niche out. Yeah, carve a niche out for yourself. Right. Yeah, of course. But it just, it, it, it's not my palate. It's not, it was never Rolando's palate. Um, and for me, I always say, if you're looking for a s- smooth, full-flavored cigar without the bite, the bitterness, the aftertaste, then try Kristoff. If you're looking something for something that's going to knock your head off, it's not us. It, it's, it's truly not us. Um, and we've got the, the, the pissed off, which you yeah. brought up tonight. Look, it's a full flavored cigar. It's, it's got some strength to it, but it's a very smooth, savory cigar. And it'll creep up on you, but it's not going to give you that punch in the chops, right? So mm. I never want to produce a cigar like that. For me, that's not enjoyable. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my answer. <laughs> I, it's, it's funny because, you know, a few years ago, the, when, when, when cigar smokers were becoming more educated smokers and the term, you know, the Harrow first brokered the, the, the layman understanding of tobacco and everything. And like, Oh, the Harrow, that's really strong. And so like people started coming out with double the Harrow and triple the Harrow and, you know, triple hint, you know, fermented Lajero and this, you know, and, you know, Lajero that'll make your hair stand up, you know, like just everything. Right. And that was kind of a trend for a little bit. And then so I remember for the first time smoking the Christoph Lajero expecting that. And it wasn't. And that was that was the thing that was really unique about it that I really enjoyed. I was like, well, this is different uh, and, 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 and not in a bad way at all, uh, despite my, what my tone might suggest right now. But I was like. You know, because my palate had been accustomed to that, like you said, that that punch in the face, right. and and I I really had to smoke that cigar a couple of times to really I will say this I had to cigar smoke that cigar a few times to really appreciate what I think what I think you all were trying to accomplish and I and I I, I still really I still really enjoy it. Um, I mean I mean I mean you know Glenn, I'm a, I'm a fan of your cigars I think I, I, like I said for all the reasons we kind of talked about tonight it's they're 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 different and they're nuanced and the i i really like how like even smoking the 685 woodlawn that i am tonight like this is a this is about as elegant of a cigar as you produce and yet they're still like i love the the rustic nature of it you know like i could easily smoke this in a three-piece you know, at a, you know, five-star restaurant after, you know, a $500 steak dinner, or I could really enjoy this outside my campfire and, you know, kicking back or whatever and and everything. It's, it's that, it's that type of a cigar. And and I'm really enjoying this. This is my first one. Like I said, in the OG side, this is really, really enjoyable cigar. I'm loving it. I'm glad you like it. And, and um, with the band Manny, Designed that band. So, and Manny's uh, an amazing artist. Um, so, kudos to him for designing the band. And it's definitely outside of the box of Christoph, right? Because Christoph is kind of sort of a rustic elegance. But that 685 Woodlawn, that 10 count box, and the, you know, the lacquered box with a gold cliche on the top, and these beautiful bands. They're gorgeous. That's that's all Manny's doing. So um, kudos to Manny for helping me design this cigar in terms of the packaging. 
Uh, but the the blend itself, my opinion, best cigar we make. All right. So here's another silly question. So on the secondary band that I peeled off here, it's got the 685 Woodlawn logo that we've talked about. Yep. And it's got the Glenn Case series. You know, Glenn is... Okay. Is that how you sign your name? Is that your signature? No, it's not. Okay, I, I was going to say, you have the most gorgeous penmanship. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, you have the most gorgeous penmanship I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> like my gosh, that's like beautiful. Um, I know, and like I said, I know it was silly, but I was like, you got it. I was like, man, that is, that's awesome. Um, but um, it, I'm I'm really glad we got to talk about in honor in honor of the memory of Rolando because I know what he meant to you personally, Thank you. as yeah. well as what he meant to this industry professionally and and what he did with this this fact you know it's almost like the a hidden gem of a factory no one you know if it weren't for Christoph cigars you know it wouldn't be like you know it's so hard to say I I, I don't know if people would know the factory or not, but everyone knows Rolando's work and the impact that he had on this industry and, and what a, what a, what a, what a life it was. And so uh, I'm glad we got to honor him a little bit tonight. So thank yeah, you. Thank I you for sharing that. some memories. Thank you. I bear. Thank you so much. That would meant a lot. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> so, um, well, um, the good news is, is we got a lighthearted topic lined up after this so i figured that would be a little bit of a tough topic but uh um we are we do have to say goodbye to something else here on ls from our takes uh as uh, many of my guests and my audience know uh we've had a wonderful and amazing partnership uh with united cigars uh sponsoring our guest spot um and also the segment one must go for um over two years now it's been a it's been a really fantastic run and everything uh, don't worry uh, our partnership with United Cigars is not going anywhere, uh, but it is changing. Uh, and we are saying goodbye to the One Must Go segment. Uh, so, Glenn, it, I'm, I'm honored uh, tonight that you will be the final guest that gets to participate in this, uh, in this awesome, awesome segment that's been a part of my show for, uh, for over two years now. So thank you. Uh, again, thank you for being my guest and, and thank you for uh, participating. So, uh Let's honor you and let's honor, honor the place you called home, the city of Chicago, with our last and final One Must Go. And as always, One Must Go is brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. Smoke one today and start living united. And as of today... Um, there has been a rejuvenation of the La Mezcla Cubana line, which is ready for a relaunch. Uh, it was re relaunched at the 2022 uh, TPE uh, show in Las Vegas it's a with a comprehensive portfolio that offers a blend for every palette. United Cigars is offering another line with a budget-friendly price. First debuting in 2006 through Cigar Agency, La Mezcla Cubana was sold throughout the United States until 2013 when United Cigars bought the brand. Today, it is being produced at the Mejia Cubana factory in Huarabo, Dominican Republic. The relaunch comes after a Zoom call undercovered an opportunity to purchase the seven-year-old Ecuadorian wrapper leaf from ASP Enterprises and a family-owned tobacco farm in Ecuador. So welcome back. 
a storied brand to the United Cigars portfolio. Smoke one today. Start living united. Um, so here it is, our final one must go segment, everybody. So the city of Chicago, a city and known for its love of sports and athletics. And not only that, but at the arenas that carry it. And this topic has come up in other shows, and there are many other people in this industry that come from your area, um, Glenn. But uh, I think when uh, people think of Chicago uh, and cigars, I think, uh, you know, Christoph is, is certainly the one that comes to mind for the most part. Um, so we are going to talk about my selections for the arenas from Chicago. Again, this is a non-Chicago in picking this, so bear with me, everybody. Uh, Wrigley Field. So with, uh, with all respect to the Southsiders, I, I, I went with Wrigley, the iconic <laughs> Ivy, the, the goats, you know, the Billy Goat jinx and, you know, the long storied history of everything. Um, Wrigley Field stands as a, as a beacon in, in, in Major League Baseball Stadium lore. Uh, Soldier Field. Uh, I'm a Packers fan, so this pained me uh, to pick this. But no, in all respect, George Hallis, the house that George Hallis built, Walter Payton, uh, the, the 1985 Super Bowl team with that incredible defense and a lot of storied programs. Gail Slayers, Brian Piccolo, that whole saga. Um, a lot of great stories over the years, right? And then, of course, it's not the United Center anymore, but that's I grew up in the 90s, so it'll always be the United States uh, Center. Um, six incredible NBA championships led by, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player to ever live, um, Mr. Michael Jordan. Um, so those are three incredible arenas, Glenn. So we're doing a two-parter for this final one must go. So, and this is your opinion, but one's got to go in regard to these <laughs> two questions. One's got to go in regard to these two questions. We'll start with this, the impact that these, these sports arenas have made on the city of Chicago. So from a city standpoint, what is, which one in your opinion has had the least impact? Oh, my friend, you're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. <laughs> Bear, this is a great question. So, all right. Um, let's talk about the Cubbies, right? The Cubbies, right? I was on the road <clears throat> and they won the World Series. Um, it, it was hundred plus years since I won. So that holds near and dear to my heart. Um, Walter Payton, 85 bears, amazing goes down to history. Um, in my garage, I've got my wall of fame. I've got an autograph picture of Walter Payton in my garage. Oh, awesome. near and dear to my heart. Um, the Bulls, and I was fortunate enough when I was in corporate to see them win, uh, invited to the playoff games when I saw uh, Jordan play and win the series. That being said, the ones that's got to go, and they all mean a ton to me, mm -hmm. but the United Center has to go. <laughs> it's, it's all about the Cubbies. And the Bears for me. So I don't know if I dis disappoint anyone, but for me, that's that's my answer. Okay. I, I, I think for the city of Chicago. It's tough. I, it's, tough. It's, it's a tough question. Yeah. So I appreciate it. 
Well, I think because I think for the from the city standpoint, right, and we have a secondary question here to follow up with this. You know, I think from the city standpoint, I think I, I think that's I think that's the obvious answer, right? Because your your history is against the United Center altogether, right? I mean, you know, Soldier Field. I mean, the bear. You know, and and, I, and I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm really not trying to needle you here, Glenn. But I mean, despite the the, the recent drought that y'all have had historically, like Bears football. He's iconic. George Hallis meant more. I mean, he helped build this league. Uh, and, absolutely. And, and so a little background story on this is so this is years ago, probably 15, 12, 15 years ago. I don't know what it was, but I was honored to sponsor to sponsor the NFL Players Retirement Association golf outing in Forest Park. Oh, wow. It was 85 Bears. So here I am on the ninth hole, handing out Christoph cigars to all the 85 Bears players. <laughs> so for me, that was like, this is amazing, right? So that's the other part that I wanted to share with you to say, this means that much to me. Yeah. Bears to hang out with them and smoke cigars with them and shake their hands. And I'm like, I wanted to get their, all their autographs. But I'm like, that's a little cheesy. So I'm not going to ask them. I'm like, Oh, here's the Christoph Trace. You know, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I have no, so I have no awesome. shame, Glenn. I would have done it. I would have done it for you. I have no shame. I would have done it. <laughs> you should have been there with me. That's <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh God. That's so cool. So, so we, we all know that Ditka, Mike Ditka, of course, coach Ditka, he, uh, you know, he has this, he had his own cigars and he had that, you know, close association with Camacho and everything for those years. Did, did, do you know, uh, I mean, did you ever have the opportunity to smoke a cigar with him or hand him a Christoph or? Yeah, well, absolutely. So I did an event at Mickey Blake's um, up in the New England area. And um, that was when he worked for ESPN. That was his hangout. So I was doing a Christoph event and Dika shows up. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> so we had a chance before the event started, hanging out, just talking and hanging out with them. I sat on the same sofa with them and we're watching. The Bears were actually playing at that time. Um, but he bought a box of Kristoff. I've got a picture of him, which I posted in the past. And um, he loved the cigar. He bought the Pro Limitada. I'll never forget. Um, so <laughs> we hung out together for the evening and it was just, it was awesome. Dicka's Dicka. You got to love the guy. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've, I don't know what it, so there, there's, there's three people, there's three Chicago bears that I've always been like a fan of just, I've, you know, I, I, I never got to see any of them play per se. Um, and there's, of course, been a you know a dash of players here and there, like Julius Peppers. Before he came to the Packers, even I thought he was, I thought he was incredible. I, I that I loved his story, and he's great. Um, but I really liked, um, you know, my Ditka story. I really, I you know, the fact that he was a player and a very you know a great one. He was a great, and he went on to coach and do an incredible job for the yeah. for that city that gave him so much. Uh, I don't care who you're a fan of. In my case, I'm the Packers fan. 
if you don't respect Walter Payton, you, you just, you don't like football. Um, I just, <laughs> I, I, I'm under that firm belief. Best player ever, ever to be. And I've, so I've heard the argument between him and Jerry Rice and it, it's an interesting argument, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. If, if you're, if your votes for Walter Payton, I'm with you. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So another quick story. So, um, when I was much younger, we used to hang out at a place called, um, it's going to come to me. I'll come back to it. Anyway, a club, hang out. Um, and uh, Walter Payton was there that night. And so my best friend, Chuck, and his wife and our friends were there. And he was sitting at the bar. And uh, so my buddy, Chuck, who passed away in October, God bless his soul. Um, he and his wife were sitting there. And we were talking to Walter Payton and he's so generous, right? He's just a generous guy. So he says, um, it's great meeting you guys. And he looked at my buddy track. He says, you know, it was great talking to you. Anything I do for you is, yeah. Can you write a check to me on their personal check to, um, sweetness for $34, which was his number. Right. And it was awesome. He was just a humble guy, loving guy. Um, and they've got that check, their personal check written out to them, uh, sweetness for $34, which is <laughs> his number hanging in, um, my our, our friend's house down the street here so but just an amazing guy and what a, a just a, a amazing guy to hang out with so it was it was awesome what a unique gift oh that's that's so cool what a great story yeah um so oh so the second company the name of the club was cattle company at the time okay cattle company in chicago <laughs> is it still around or is it no, is it gone it's oh it's too bad and then, Walter opened up the 34 Lounge in Schaumburg as well. We used to go uh -huh. there and hang out all the time. But, yeah, again, just great fond memories of Walter Payton. Awesome. The other, for me, the other was Gail Sayers just because I, oh. I love his story too yeah. as well. And, but, uh, but, yeah, a lot of, lot of, lot of players, storied players in that and meant a lot to the, to the city of Chicago. So, so the second part of this question, Glenn, is so as a native of Chicago, when you answer, you answered it for personally, your, your opinion of it. But if we, your feeling, if we took a thousand Chicagoans, and I have an interesting answer. Again, this is an outsider talking, but, I, but I'll let you speak first. If we took a thousand Chicagoans, would they agree with you that the United Center's got to go? Or do you, think it would, do you think their answer would be different collectively? You know, the, the Chicago Lions are very divisive, right? In terms of whether it's the Bears, the Bulls, the Cubbies, the Sox, um, everyone's got their own viewpoint. If you say nothing of the Blackhawks fans, right? <laughs> and same with the Blackhawks, right? Yeah. So if you're a North Sider, you're going to the Cubbies. If you're a South Sider, you're going to the Sox. Um, you know, the Bulls are always going to be the Bulls. And they won how many championships? Five, six, whatever. Six, six thank you. Um, and, but the Bears, the 85 Bears, 
nothing was like it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, it, that's a crapshoot. It's there. It's a crapshoot, right? So if I had to guess, we're a football town, right? So the, mm-hmm. the Bears and the Peyton 85 Bears have to take the cake. That's my right. opinion. Right. That's my, that's my opinion. I think that one stays. I think Soldier Field stays. Like, I think if you polled a thousand, right. you could poll a million Chicagoans. I think, I think, I think Soldier Field's like the number, like they're like, oh yeah, Soldier Field top of the list. Like, I think it's easy. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think that the base, the baseball is where you get that divisive nature, right? You've got the, the South Siders and the North Siders, um, which is where I thought Wrigley Field gets kicked. Cause I think, again, I think the, it's funny to say this, but you know, it's 30 years ago, which God makes me feel old too. Um, but 30 years ago is when they went on that run of six, six championships in eight years, Michael Jordan, you know, but I think is that as recent as that was, that still, that still like is the heartbeat of, of, of that, of a, a lot of Chicago fans. Again, this is an outsider talking, so I would honestly say, like, I think more people would put Wrigley Field, they would kick Wrigley Field because, I mean, if you pick anyone from the south side, I mean, they're automatically probably kicking that one. But right. I think overall, too, if they think about it, like, well, Soldier Field's number one. Yeah, I think I'd go with the Bull. Yeah, I guess Wrigley Field's got to go, which is just crazy to think about because of how storied that, that you know, that stadium is. You know, oh, really. it's amazing, right? But No, it's so true. And when I saw Jordan and the rest of the Bulls play in that playoff game, I was sitting on the floor when I was in corporate. So I was blessed to sit on the floor of the Bulls playing when they won that championship and there was nothing like it. So again, this can go anyway. It can go anyway. But um, for me, it just bears through and through. Absolutely. Well, Glenn, thank you so much for making the final one most go so memorable. I really, really appreciate your participation in that. Um, as always, uh, the one most go segment has been sponsored by United Cigars featuring La Gian Havana, distributors, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron Lines. Smoke one today and start living united. We'll be back. Our next show will be debuting the newest segment that United Cigars and LS Fumar takes will be partnering with. And you guys are going to love it. Uh, for everyone who knows me, uh, it's, it's right up my alley. Uh, I'm stoked about it. It's going to be awesome. And next time we have you on, Glenn, we're going to have some fun with it too. So it'll be good. It'll be good times. I love it. Bear. Thanks for having me. It's always an honor and a privilege, privilege to be on your show. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, my friend. Appreciate doing an awesome it. Awesome job. God bless your family. Absolutely. Well, we've got a couple more, a couple more questions to go here, a couple more segments, um, and but we, we honored, we honored your great friend in Rolando, uh, but we want to honor another uh, great, because Rolando was family, another great family member of yours tonight. So this has been a segment that we've, uh, I've been really, really enjoying, um, as it were, um, over the last year and a half. I started this about a year and a half ago, and uh, it, the tradition has become, as my audience knows. Uh, we asked the guest to spotlight um, or bring awareness to a charity of their choice. 
and or nonprofit. And you chose the American Diabetes Foundation to honor your late father. And so I wanted to give you a moment to talk about what this, uh, this foundation has meant to you personally. And, and, uh, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll be posting some links here in the show notes here in just a second. No, I appreciate that, Bear. So um, the, the story behind that is my father, who had juvenile diabetes at the age of 12, uh, sadly passed away when he was 45 years old and I was only 15. Um, so that uh, there's a, a nearer and dearer um, love in my heart for that foundation. Um, he passed away way too young and he was a great man. Um, so funny and just taught us at a very young age of uh, integrity, honesty. And um, so it's blessed to honor that foundation and honor my dad, uh, Vern, Vern Case. Um, so thank you. I appreciate you guys doing that. That's, it's amazing. So, I mean, the, the, the really good thing, the thing about the American Diabetes Association that they do is, and, and what I really like about these great charities that we featured and spotlighted is that, um, is they, they do, it's more than just helping out families and individuals who like struggle with, you know, whatever plight is, is upon them, but there's, they, they do so much. And by the way of education. Um, and I think that that's, I think that's one of the biggest struggles because, you know, like you said, your, your, your father with, was had childhood diabetes. He's had it. He lived with it his entire life and the groundbreaking work that they've done in it, you know, in, in no small measure by, I'm sure the work that a lot of this foundation has done, um, you know, allows people to, to live with this disease a, a lot better than they could than in your father's time. And, and so the work that they do, isn't just, you know, the help that they provide, but it's also, it's, it's, as cheesy as the sounds, it, it's it's the education, but it's also the hope that good organizations deliver as well. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, he ultimately passed away with complications of diabetes, uh, kidney failure, uh, blindness, um, um, failed kidney replacement, um, dialysis for years and years. So it's, um, again, to see him go through what he went through as a young man, um, it, it, it's, it's hard. And, and so it's a great organization. And there's been huge advancements over the years, obviously. But um, it's, it's uh, what, a, what an amazing organization. And whatever advancements they make um, is truly a blessing to see. And we've got to cure that, that, that disease. It, it, there, there are so many, there's so many diseases out there and there's so many things that are, are, are deserving of a, of a cure. And, and, and we've, we've featured a lot of, we've featured a lot of charities on this program and, and there's, and we've certainly talked about other diseases other than diabetes. This is the first time we've ever talked about this. So it, it as I was kind of researching it, 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 it kind of brought to light some, some pretty astonishing figures. Um, you know, we talk about the, I mean, unless you've been living under a rock, there's been a, there's been this um, worldwide, this nationwide epidemic of obesity for gosh, the last 20 years has been, it's been a topic, but 34 million 
it's estimated 34 million Americans, just Americans, suffer from diabetes. 34 million, and 88 million are considered di- pre-diabetic. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. an astonishing number. It, it, it's absolutely crazy. And it's, it's not just diabetes, but it's the fallout of that, which I had mentioned. Right. You know, it's kidney failure. It's blindness. It's ulcers. It's, um, it's an awful disease. And so um, I would plead to your audience to make a contribution. Um, losing your father when he's, he's only 45 years old and I'm, I was 15 is devastating. Yes. So um, it's a great organization. Please contribute what you can. Um, and Bear, thank you for uh, doing what you're doing in, re- in that regard. So thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome, Glenn. And as, as become tradition here on the show uh, every week, um, my wife and I, when, we dis- when I started this, when I launched this segment, my wife and I had talked about it um, and we, we decided that each week we were going to pledge a small donation uh, to to each charity that gets brought up. Uh, my wife reserved the right to veto one. It's never come up. So, and the American Diabetes Association is certainly not that one veto that she gets. So later tonight, we'll be honoring your father, Vern Case, uh, with thank a you. small donation from the Duplessis family. So uh, thank, thank you for bringing you. this up. Thank you, Bear. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Sorry, uh, it's... It's, it's, it's my honor, Glenn. Um, you know, I, um, again, by doing this each week, we, we learn so much about not just these associations and these charities and everything, but the people that bring them up and everything. And um, it's, I mean, it's clear, you know, you're just talking a few moments about it, you know, about the, the influence and impact that um, your father had upon you. I, I, I'm, I apologize. I'm not trying to get too personal here, but I know, one of the things that that I've always felt connected to you by is you and I are both very religious. And yes, um, was it your father that kind of instilled that that religion in you, or, is that, or did that come later in life as well? Um, he did, uh, but it also came later in life for me. Um, born again Christian, um, so my, I'm very strong in my faith, and I believe what I have is only through God's grace. Um. So there's a, a peace in having that relationship with Christ for me. And um, I believe where I'm at is only because of him. And the family and the friends I have around me is through him only. So, again, another touching subject. Mm-hmm. Um, but God's gotten me through a lot of difficult times. He's also help me excel uh, through his love and grace. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I, I, I think it's, I think it's clear because a lot of things that I've like, I've kind of noticed about and, and heard you speak about Glenn is just how it, it seems it's, it, it's kind of weird because you, you use the word everyone, the word bless gets used quite a bit by, by people. And it means different things to different people. Yeah. But I, in my conversations with you, it, it resonates with me because it, it, it feels different when you say it. And I, and 
chalk it up to sincerity and genuine. And I don't mean any offense to anyone else who's ever used that word with me. I'm not saying they're not genuine or sincere about it, but it, it's clearly a sincere uh, thought by you. Uh, you don't use that word lightly. Um, and, and, and it's something that I've, I've noticed about you and, 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 and you do true. I can see your actions, not just professionally and everything, but also your family, the way you talk about your children. And, and I was noticing as I was, it was, I was <laughs> funnily enough, I was scrolling for pictures to use for my ad that I do each week. <laughs> so I was looking for pictures to use of, of you and everything. And I, and I saw this really great memory of you uh, and your son, Christopher, who's the namesake of the, of, of Christoph cigars. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, two memories stood out to me was the, uh, I guess you guys were, he was just taking a break from school. Maybe it was midterms or something, but I saw you guys just hanging out at a lounge or a bar or something, just having to smoke together, father and son. And, you know, you started Christoph cigars well before he was legally able to, to smoke a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's it like to, to sit down with your son and share this, share this with him, his namesake. So it, it's awesome, right? So in terms of that personal relationship with him, this is, I, I, I say this all the time, this is the ultimate equalizer. So when he was 12, 13 years old, uh, my wife and I would be sitting on the back patio having a cigar and sharing a glass of wine. He'd come out and say, what are you smoking? I'm like, well, smoking the Kristoff, whatever, Maduro. He goes, can I try it? So anyway, um, he would, I'd say, all right, here you go. Try this car. He's like, oh, that's nasty. How you can smoke that? That's terrible. <laughs> now, fast forward two years later, have a cigar. He's like, can I try it? Yeah, smoke it. He's like, go ahead, pick up notes of toasted almond seed or a little spice, kind of a cinnamon flavor on the back end. I'm like, who are you? What'd you do to my son? It's like, <laughs> Right, so it was it was bizarre, and then fast forward and getting back to your point, Bear, it got to the point where my wife and I are in the back patio having a cigar, sharing a glass of wine. He come out, he say, "Can we have a cigar?" I'm like, of course. And look at mom says, "All right, you have to go inside." And she laughs. I'm like, man, I laugh. I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, "No, really. Can you go inside?" We need time to talk. So for Chris and I, it became this connection of us. When he said, can we have a cigar? We need time to talk. That was our time to talk about life and girls and challenges and whatever it was. So um, th that, that holds near and dear to my heart when I think about him and this industry where we sat together and had personal conversations about life over a cigar. And so I will never, ever forget that. So that's, that's truly, um, for me, a blessing. Again, it's back to God, right? So it, it's everything that's back together and um, bringing him to faith, which is a challenge, right? But um for me it's, and my wife, Terry, is just, it's day-to-day -day living. We live through Christ. It's a beautiful story. I love it. I, I, 
that was especially te- that was especially touching photo for me because I remember our last conversation, and and you certainly didn't say anything to the contrary, like that he didn't enjoy cigars, but you you told me at the time that he just had no interest in in, in joining this industry professionally, right? He was we we kind of joked like he's he's going to take over the world one of these days, like. Um, He's just, he's just, he's just meant for different things and everything. And, uh, um, when I saw that, I was like, I was, it, it touched me. It just, it really did. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Um, and, uh, and I, I guess congratulations are in order too. Cause earlier, I think it was earlier this year, or late this year, he competed in the golden tea championships in Vegas. Is that right? Oh my gosh. You, you know that. Yes. Uh, yeah. I saw it. I was like, I was like, okay, oh, I'm, I'm, my I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> So besides his amazing career at Indeed, um, he's an avid Golden Tee player, right? So when he was going through um, his graduate program at FIT, um, he bought an actual Golden Tee machine in his house. And he's a businessman. So he's like, all right, I'm going to buy this machine. I'm going to charge people play. And I can practice and compete against everyone all over the world. So this past year, he actually competed in the world championship. The world championship. Sure. I shorted him. I'm sorry. In Golden Tee in Vegas. And it was a huge production. So we flew out there. We watched him play. And he had a play, uh, placing, I think, 54th in the world. Oh, wow. I mean, uh, in the world. This, it's amazing to watch them play. It's like, it's a big deal. So we're very proud and happy for him. So it's, it's, it was an awesome experience. What a, what a, what a, just a fun little, a little story that's interesting. But like you said, business finder, he, he, uh, he bought his own machine rather than pumping quarters into somebody else's machine. That's, there you go. That's, that's chip off the old block there, right? The old, the old finance. (laughs) Oh man. Well, um, we just have a couple more questions here before we conclude our night. Again, thank you so much for, uh, for a wonderful evening so far. And, uh, but we, we, it's almost a perfect segue because you were talking about these beautiful moments that you shared with just you and your son. And, and by and large, we talk about this every week, how cigars really are a community thing. It's, it's, it's very community, community oriented. It's about hanging out in your local lounge. It's about that the father-son moments or the, the father-daughter moments or mother-and-daughter moments or whatever. But they're very community-oriented. But it, it got me thinking, and, and, and this next segment, of course, is uh, – was was kind of brought to light by uh, our newest partner here on Ellis Fumar Ticks, which is Asylum Cigars. It Refuge is more than just a physical place, right? It, it's a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. So moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. Light one up and choose your refuge. So Glenn, you know, when you, you've had the opportunity to, work with and you as you say you've you've been blessed with a lot of these community moments and these people moments and i'm sure you've had several but if you could do you recall a time where it was just you and the cigar and what was that cigar if you if you can recall but what was that moment about Mm. there's been many um when I do events, I try to share the word of God, right. In a very subtle way, because, you know, people get turned off. Some people do. Um, But I was doing an event in New York 
and the gentleman um, was suffering from cancer and um, started talking about Christ. So I opened up that conversation. So I asked if I can pray with him. And this is in the middle of an event, right? So this is out of the ordinary. It's not. Um, but the chance to pray with him over a cigar during a cigar event is just a way of, uh, for me, sharing Christ's grace, his word. And um, I'm not sure that answers the question, but that was that's one thing that stands out with me in terms of the industry and the relationship with, with God. And um, it was just a very touching moment where I just held him and said, let's pray together. So um, there's been a few other moments like that. But for me, it, it was um, a very touching moment with this with this gentleman. Yeah, it certainly it certainly took a turn from for my original intent of the question. But I, I think I think that last line of, of the ad, <laughs> which is about choosing your refuge. I mean, what what greater example of refuge was that for this gentleman and yourself? I'm sure that meant the world to him. And to find, you know, I've been to plenty of cigar events. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on and everything like that for, for you and him to share that moment of peace, you know, because of cigars. Right. And let's call it what it is. And there's also times where I'm just sitting out my back screen and porch and um, talking to God and having a cigar. It's just me and him. Mm -hmm. And, um, I try to talk to him each and every day. So it's an ongoing thing. I've got my daily devotional that I do and, and um, whether it's over a cigar or not, but for me, that's really important. I think, um, I think that's the, I think that's the power of cigars in a lot of way too. Like we, we, we talked about the community and everything, but, and, and the reason the, the genesis of this particular segment was, was just about that, about how, you know, is this, you know, these cigars can, can provide such great opportunity for reflection and, and it can be, it can be for solemn reasons. It can be for celebratory reasons. It's, it's so versatile in, um, I remember, you know, moving out to this, to this new home of ours and we'd gone through the stress of moving, which I'm never doing again. That, um, um, my six-year-old son, even though has heard me say it enough times already in the, this is, he's going to bury me out in the backyard cause I'm not moving ever again. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and, uh, he thinks it's funny and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm serious, but that's fine. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, but I remember sitting on the, it was the first cigar that I had had at this new house and, uh, and I knew I was going to make this big production and everything, but I was just so exhausted from the move and I just grabbed a cigar and I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you, Glenn. I don't even remember what it was. This is just a few months ago and I have an stellar memory and I still don't remember what it was, but what I do remember was just that momentary, obviously momentary lapse of everything except for sitting on this new patio my family asleep inside in our new home that will be our home for forever now. And 
just having that moment of reflection and enjoying a cigar like I normally do. And it was, it was so peaceful. It was perfect. Yeah. I can only remember what the cigar was. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. You had that. It doesn't experience. matter. Right. Yeah. It, right. That's all about that time, that experience that you had. And I feel the same way for me. It's the same exact thing. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Right on brother. <laughs> So, uh, so a couple last minute, qu- last questions here, before, and then I, I promise, uh, Glenn, we'll, we'll bid you adieu, and thank you again so much for staying up late with us and everything. But um, pleasure. So, a couple of a couple of well marked issues have kind of come up this year. It's always something in this industry where we're we're constantly in a battle. You know, you know, you know. People think that it's it's been since the FDA's deeming regulations. Like the battle started well before that. I mean, you could even, it goes well before even S chip, which, you know, I mean, it, this, uh, this industry has always had enemies, but um, two of the issues that have come up uh, as of recently was this idea of responsible marketing. And I mean, I'll just go on the record, Glenn. I don't think Chris, Christoph is despite probably the most fun that you've had, which with your pissed off Christoph brand, I I've I, Chris, in my opinion, Christoph has never been, has never fallen in that camp of irresponsible marketing. So I'll just, I'll go ahead and put that out there. Um, nor has Christoph ever marketed to children. I think it's, it's very clearly an adult product. It's the way that you market, the way that everything, right? Um, but what's your take on, on the idea of responsible? Do you think it, do you think it is the manufacturer's responsibility do you think it's the industry's responsibility as a whole? Do you think it's everybody's responsibility to take on this load? Or do you think it should be up to, do you think to each their own? Just curious on your thoughts. Right. So, and th- th- this is a complex question with multiple answers. Um, the short answer is everyone's responsibility, right? So we, when you think about premium handmade cigars, like we're smoking tonight, we're not, no one is targeting kids. Right, the average cigar smoker is 34, 35 years old. Um, they're not buying a, a, a nine to fourteen dollar cigar to hollow it out and put marijuana in and smoke it and get high. This is this is not what we're about. But when it comes to self-regulation, uh, brick and mortars have to make sure that they're um, not selling to underage smokers. And I don't think that's an issue, but it's got to be self-regulated. I think when we get into um, flavored cigars, we have to differentiate ourselves from Philly Blunts, things like that. And I've been to the Hill um, a couple of times, a few times. And there's a lot of manufacturers that have done a lot more than I have. Um, and that's Rocky and George Padron and... The name, the, the, the list goes on and on. I, I'm, I'm going to forget names. Um, but educating the people in D.C. how we are different uh, than a cigarette, a Philly Blunt, um, Swisher flavored, whatever it is. We are just a totally different category. Vape, cans of dip. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're, we're different. We are so different. And I think people are waking up to that. Um, and, but it's continuing that fight and getting back to responsibility. I mentioned brick and mortar. 
self-regulating, checking, but it's also the end consumer and it's the manufacturer as well. So manufacturers um, contribute your time, your talents and your treasures, as God says, to fight for this industry. And a lot of people have gotten complacent, including end consumers. And it's probably just a lack of knowledge, right? So when there are, you know, you've got CRA, sign up for a membership. You get very limited production cigars um, when you sign up as part of the bonus for that. But all of that goes to fight for legislative and legal efforts to fight for this industry, this premium artisan hand-rolled product, which is not targeting kids at all. And I think DC is waking up to that, but we can't be complacent. Everyone's got to do their part, whether it's, again, signing up for CRA, manufacturers spending their time, treasures, and talents going to the DC or to DC or um, financial contributions to PCA and CRA to fight for this. And we've been doing that for years and years and years and years. So um, guys, don't get complacent. Sign up, fight for your right to smoke a premium cigar because we're going to be on the radar forever and ever. Yeah. It, I, I, I really hope what, from, your, from your lips to God's ear uh, there, Glenn, I really hope they are waking up to the fact because even with this, you kind of, morphed into the next point which was the flavored cigar proposal ban that just came up recently too and and how even in those documents even in that proposal by the fda and after all this time and all this money and all this effort and all this education i it was evident and clear in that in their in their proposal that they still don't understand what a premium cigar is and that's just shocking to me it's just unbelievable that, and, and listen, I, I don't respect it, but I understand the anti-tobacco lobby, right? They, they want to get rid of tobacco. Like it, it, it's that simple of for course. them. Yeah. It's that simple for them. And that's, that is, that's, that's going to be our enemy for, for all time. Like you said, but, and so to them, there is no differentiation. So I get that. But the FDA, who's supposed to be this, for all intents and purposes, this this un you know nonpartisan, unbiased entity of understanding, and they they have zero clue. And it also blows my mind too, as an as an American, how it's still I still don't understand this. How as an American, how how a uh, a non legislative body with zero oversight can pass laws in this country. That blows my mind too. It's insane. So when you look at premium handmade cigars, we're less than one tenth of a percent mm -hmm. of all tobacco products produced in the U S sold in the U S sorry. So we're, we're nothing, but they're trying to group us all together. Right. Right. Cigarettes, machine made cigars. And we're trying to say, look, we are different. We're not targeting kids to your point. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's all about an education process um, within the industry and the folks on the Hill. And we're making strides, um, but we have to do more. We absolutely have to do more. 
Well, this came this this point came up last week when we had Tony Bellotto on, and Tony brought this up. I'm not going to take any credit for it. And that discussion continued on the Cigar Coop Primetime Special Edition with my partner Will Cooper, and we were talking about like, okay, and and it's it's a fair compare. It really is a fair comparison. Like you you never want to point. I never you never want to point fingers and like draw somebody else into your own fight. But I think this point is valid. And Tony brought up the fact that, okay, so, you know, the FDA from the, okay, anti-tobacco, we'll, we'll leave them on a shelf. They've, they've got their own agenda, obviously. But the FDA is, claims that their, their main purpose is the national health and safety of our children specifically, but the national health and safety for, for all, right? Um, and they think that flavored cigars, particularly um, target children, and as Tony brought up, and with all respect to your favorite spirit, Glenn, we can walk into any liquor store in this country and there's, you know, bubblegum flavored vodka or, right. or, you know, Mountain Dew flavored vodka or, or anything like that. And, and no one, no one bats an eye, nobody, no one says anything. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and so, um, there was, and I missed it because I was actually traveling this week, but um, CRA and PCA did a, a joint update on flavored cigars. So I've got to get caught up on that. Um, but the, the point is premium cigars, premium handmade cigars, again, artisan product, non-addictive, all natural product, uh, has nothing to do with targeting kids, nothing at all. But the government wants a group every tobacco-based product together, mm-hmm. whether it's cigarette, machine-made cigars, Philly Blondes, Swisher-flavored, whatever it is. They want sure. to group it all together. Right. And stats and studies have shown we are not targeting kids with this product. It's Period. a rounding error. It's a rounding error. It, exactly. And we're nothing relative to tobacco products sold in the U.S. relative to all tobacco-based products. We're nothing. Right. So here's another stat that I brought up. Okay. This, this, so we were talking about statistics with diabetes, that shocking number, right? Okay. So, so I grabbed two numbers, one which is clearly biased and the other, which is for all intents and purposes, a pretty neutral statistic. So let me throw these two numbers at you, Glenn. The Truth Initiative, which is a biased organization, right, estimates that 1.7 underage individuals use tobacco on more than a weekly basis. That's tobacco. So that's your cigarettes. That's your dip, all the stuff that we talked about. And so take take in part the fact that we're we as a premium cigar industry are, are one tenth of that percent. So again, a small number, right? Um, Again, no one in this industry is marketing to children. That's not our. That's not our goal. That's not what we're doing. So, but so one one point seven million underage users of tobacco. The CDC, okay, and I know there's thoughts about the CDC, but for all intents and purposes, a, a an unbiased organization in terms of gathering data, you would assume estimates that over 7 million underage, because now it's the same age, under 21, because now it's the same age, over 7 million um, 
underage um, people in this country consume alcohol on a regular basis. So my argument was, what's the difference? If you're talking about health and if that's your goal, we're talking about health and safety of our nation's youth. You're telling me that a problem that's seven times larger of a problem doesn't warrant any discussion whatsoever. But yet the FDA is hell bent on, oh, premium cigars, uh, flavored cigars are that's an issue. That's an issue for our children. Yeah, it's a total misrepresentation of where the issues are, right? That's that's your point. I mean, and so um, the focus is in the wrong place. Focus on premium cigars is not the issue. It's what you Mm -hmm. mentioned in terms of alcohol consumption and um, underage smoking. And we can go on and on about this, but you're 100% right. It's just, it's just a misdirected focus on premium cigars when their focus should be on something totally different. And your point is underage alcohol consumption. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it makes perfect sense. But yeah. And I'm not trying to deflect. I'm just, I'm using, no. like, I'm using a, a stu- if, if I, know, I agree. I'm using I, I data. Totally agree. You know, and I'm, listen, I'm not the, I'm, look, I'm not the brightest bulb in the shed, but if you're telling me if something is seven times worse and my concern is health and safety of, of children, which I, I, I agree is a very important issue, I, my, my focus would be on the, the, the seven times bigger problem. hundred percent. You're, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, but, uh. But again, like I said, I'm not the brightest bulb in the shed, so maybe. <laughs> I was. <would laughs> I'm pretty say, sure I got a point. Hey, Bear, I, I always say I'm as sharp as a marble. So, listen, <laughs> it gets down to basics. So, um, again, it's about education. It's about uh, end consumers, manufacturers, retailers doing what they can to support the fight to defend premium handmade cigars, and that's the bottom line. One thousand percent. Glenn, thank you so much for this evening. I've got one last question for you. I promise it's the last question of the night. Because it is is our curveball segment, which is always sponsored by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Fastballs or curveballs? It doesn't matter since the company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park. That's seven. Count it. Seven consecutive years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Steve Sokka. So, Glenn, we've had this... He's, you know, he, he tries hard not to be likable, but he's lovable. I tell him that all the time. I've known Steve a long time and you just <laughs> put it perfectly how you describe that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Hi, Steve. So, Glenn, we've had, we've had the opportunity to have two amazing conversations with you now. And you have, you've, you've certainly lived a, a storied and, and, and to your words, a blessed life. Uh, and you've had two amazing careers, one in finance and banking and the other in premium cigars. And there was a, there was a time uh, in between there that you were considering uh, being a hot dog mogul. So we know that too <laughs> from last time. So, um, so that aside, I, I, this is a curveball question. So I'm taking banking and finance, premium cigar manufacturing, and hot dog vendoring off the table. What's a career that you, in a dream world, fantasy world, that Glenn Case would love to be? 
And it can be anything. You could be a celebrity chef. You could be a baseball manager, a football running back. I'm just throwing stuff out now, like whatever. What is in Glenn Case's fantasy world? What's that? What's that third career or in this case, fourth career look like? Bear, you're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. So the answer is, and it's an easy answer, I'll tell you, and you might be shocked to hear this, but it's a landscape design. So after okay. sometime during my corporate career, I'm like, All right, you know what? I, I love landscaping. Uh, went and got um, a certificate in landscape design. So I just love the outdoors. I love design. Uh, I did that on the side for a while designing landscapes for lots of different people, including my own homes. So that's, that's the short answer. I love landscaping um, and design. So, yeah. It, it, it does surprise me. The all, and, but there, here's a small connection to this. Our first conversation, uh, you had spent that morning or that day rather, because uh, I had asked you how your day had gone and you're like, yeah, I had uh, and you were, you spent, you had just moved into your new home and, and you had talked about how you had spent the day doing landscape. You were clearing trees that day. Yes. And oh so, my God. So, so, uh, so remember this, you're killing me. This is great. <laughs> uh, so it, it, so it does surprise me, but yeah, I said, there's that, there's a small connection. So I get it. That's, that's really cool. Like, uh, so you said you've done this for, for, for friends or other people and everything like that kind of on the side and stuff. What, yeah. um, what, what, you just, I guess your just love of outdoors is kind of what's drawn you to this, this, this area. Yeah. So I just, I mean, I just love landscaping. So different plants and perennials and um, designing um, landscaping, hardscape and softscape, which is plant and patios and that sort of thing. So I did a lot of the, even our current house now, which we moved into just over two years ago, I did a lot of the design for that. Oh, it's that's a, awesome. Yeah. It's, this is a merging of our two worlds here, Glenn, because my day job, I, I, as much as I would love to do this, it certainly doesn't pay the mortgage, but uh, full time. But um, my day job is I, I sell software uh, that is specifically designed for that industry, the green industry, your landscapers, your lawn care, your fertilization, weed awesome. control, irrigation stuff. So merging of our two worlds here. That's really cool. I love that. That's very cool. That's Small awesome, Nick. Friend. <laughs> Next time we get together, you'll have to show me some uh, show me some pictures of your some of your designs. I'd love to see it. That'd be really cool. I would be happy to do that. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, Glenn, thank you so much for this opportunity to sit down with you again. It's been it's been a again not using this word lightly, uh, but it has been a blessed evening uh, for me. I've really enjoyed this. I enjoyed our conversation this the first time, and I I, uh, I dare to say that this one was even better than before. And I, I, I really enjoyed our time together tonight. Thank you so much. Bear, thank you. I, I appreciate your brother and uh, God bless you. And I appreciate you and having me on the show. It's truly an honor and a blessing. Um, and uh, best of luck to you and your business and your family. Thank you, sir. And, and, and the returning those sentiments as well. God bless you and your family. And God bless our audience uh, for always staying up late with us every week. And, uh, and uh, enjoying our conversations as much as I do. And, and thanks to everyone for all the likes, shares, and comments. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook uh, where you are viewing this right now. We've got some incredible shows coming up. In fact, next week we're celebrating. Uh, this will be the fourth installment of our cinema, love of cinema here on Ellis Fumar Takes. We're celebrating the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. 
So we'll be talking with Mr. Fred Ruri of Illusione Cigars and Sam Spencer, formerly of McAuliffe Cigars. Uh, once again, uh, Fred and Sam will make a return. We'll be talking about the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. Uh, so excited uh, to be uh, uh, commemorating that amazing piece of art uh, in that. So we'll tune in for next week. If you are watching our YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening, wherever you listen to podcasts later on, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts, don't forget to hit the subscribe button as well. Download. Oh, and mark a review. If you are a subscriber, hit the unsubscribe button. Just don't forget to hit resubscribe because that helps my numbers so that I can keep getting great guests like <laughs> Mr. Glenn Case on. So thank you so much for everyone out there. Uh, this was our 210th take. Our 210th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azel, Texas. I'm Bear Duplissy. He's Glenn Case. And guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time. God bless. Congratulations, Bear. Thank you. <laughs>